crime stories with Nancy Grace. Love fraud. Do those two words really fit together? Love fraud? As a matter of fact, they do. There's a brand new documentary on Showtime that follows a group of women who created a so-called revenge squad to get back at a guy, been married eight times that we know of, often at the same time, who seduced them, stole their love, and scammed them out of millions. Hey, you think you're well-educated, you got a good job, you'd never fall for a thing like that? Wrong. That sounds like a lot of these women. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I'm searching for something that I've never had before. I want to be wanted. I'll do anything to be somebody's everything. I met Scott. I met Rick. He called himself McGee. I was in love with him. You just gotta trust me. Two weeks after we met, he said, I, I love, love you. you. I thought that was weird. Yeah, that is weird. You are hearing actual sound from Love Fraud. It's a Showtime docuseries, and it's not drama. It's real. This guy going from one woman to the next, stealing their love and all their money. Uh, guys, with me, an all-star panel, Kirk Nurmi, renowned defense attorney, author of Trap with Miss Arias, Parts 2 and 3, my final words on Amazon, Dr. Bethany Marshall, psychoanalyst to the stars, joining us from Beverly Hills. She's at drbethanymarshall.com. Ray Caputo, lead news anchor, WDBO Orlando. Joseph Scott Morgan, professor of forensics, Jacksonville State University, author of Blood Beneath My Feet, and the star of a new series, Poisonous Liaisons on the True Crime Network. Also with me, Lisa, who does not want her last name out there. She was married to this bum, Richard Scott Smith, and she started the website www.scottthecrookedsmith.weebly.com. First of all, though, I want to start with another victim. Her name, Jean Hansen. Listen. I met Rick Smith on March 13th of 2015. Rick and I hit it off and uh, we were talking a lot about his business. He was looking for a, a president at the time and based on what he was looking for, I had a very strong background um, to be able to help him with that business and grow the business. So um, we had been talking a lot about that and uh, also started dating at that time. When we first met, he was very charming, he was very affectionate, he was always complimentary, just a really, really nice guy. Very charismatic. That I started noticing more and more, just things weren't, didn't feel quite right. He was very controlling, didn't want me to go anywhere or do anything, didn't want me to be with my friends. Very manipulative and that's how he got me to do things. And- agree to things that I would have never, ever agreed to. I've never experienced that kind of abuse before. 
to Dr. Bethany Marshall, psychoanalyst to the stars at drbethanymarshall.com. Dr. Bethany, this is an educated, articulate woman who got taken for everything she had by this guy. Do you hear her? What really stuck out in my mind is she said he was very charismatic. Yes, because he groomed his victims. He probably self-aggrandized, made them feel that he was the only one who could love them like he did, that their flower would only bloom if it was planted in his garden. And what they well, that's certainly one do, way to put it. They began to, to spin stories. Uh, only rely on me. Um, I have money coming, but it's stuck in another country or stuck in another bank account. Um, I can help save your life. And I would imagine that flirtation control and money conversations were all intertwined at the beginning of all of these relationships. Nancy, I've had patients, I had one patient who made four or $500,000 a year. I think she works for Warner Brothers bright, educated, single mom, late 30s. She got suckered in by one of these guys, and it happened within three weeks. And she was ashamed to tell me about it, that he hit her up online. And she imagined she was in love from the first conversation. You know, you, Kirk Nermy, you're a renowned defense attorney. You defended Jody Arias at trial. Isn't it true that if you look back, at every one of Jody Arias's boyfriends, I'm not asking you to divulge any attorney-client privilege, but I've looked at her various boyfriends, the one in the past and the one she headed to after she murdered Travis Alexander, according to a jury. I know you disagree, but they all had something in common. They were all established. They all had uh, a condo, a home. They all had a job. They all had a car. They all were stable with a circle of friends and essentially well-established. And I believe that goes for financial-wise as well. Do you see that similarity in all the guys Jody Arias dated? Well, I see certainly more of that in her adult relationships. Yeah. And I also, Nancy, I think one of the key is, too, is we're not just talking about establishment. We're talking about that to a degree, but morphing to become a part of that establishment. And I think that's what we see here with Mr. Smith. He sees established people and he morphs himself so as to be in that world, to be in that orbit. We heard about this company and he was going to make this woman the president and everything. I think he's morphing himself into the world, like what Dr. Bethany just said, intertwining himself, getting to the point where their success is intertwined with his and intertwined with him so they become dependent on him and with this illusion uh, of love as a as as the icing on the proverbial cake and i think some of that was was certainly apparent with miss arius as well guys we are listening to victim jane hansen here she is speaking to the kansas city star listen after i left rick after we separated i learned about a blog and found a lot of information about previous women and found that through that, that he was still married to one of them. Um, so that was when I decided I was going to file for an annulment rather than a divorce because obviously that was bigamy. I filed for an annulment and it included an affidavit from his current wife. The judge signed off on it and it didn't take long. It's tough. Um, I had a perfect credit score, which is probably one of the things that bothers me the most because he put me in debt and I've lost my house, I've lost my cars, I've lost 
pretty much everything. It's still difficult, but talking about it sometimes helps. And, and that's why um, the other women and I get together because we do talk about this and it helps us work through it and knowing that we're not alone in this. I want him put away. I want him in prison. Basically saying, forget about all the love and the romance and the sex. Where's my money? It's gone. It is gone because of this guy, according to these women. And you can find out all about it in this brand new docuseries at Showtime called Love Fraud. This guy currently married, reportedly, to multiple women at the same time across different states. And he's only uncovered when one of the women creates a website about him and the other women find out about it. They don't even know about each other. Up to, reportedly, eight marriages. But forget about that. What happened to their perfect credit rating? What happened to all their money? Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Guys, we are talking about, in the true sense of the word, a love fraud. Now, you were just hearing from victim Jean Hansen. Now... Take a listen to Sandy speaking to WDAF-TV. He is not stupid. He knows exactly what he's doing and knows exactly what to do to pull him in. Sandy, a woman living in the Northland at the time, started dating Richard Scott Smith in 2015. After a few months, they were engaged. But she says Smith became angry when she wouldn't combine their checking accounts. Things went downhill very fast. They spilled over one night at an Iowa hotel room. And he kept beating me and beating me. And I said, you're going to kill me. And he kept going at it. And, and I thought I was going to die right there. Smith was arrested for domestic assault. And that's when police would tell her something she couldn't believe. It, it was just shocking, shocking. Her fiance had just married someone else three days earlier in Las Vegas. My brother-in-law saw the blog uh, at 3 o'clock in the morning. And that's when all heck broke loose. And I started finding out about him. Who is this guy? Teray Caputo, lead news anchor, WDBO. Who is this guy? Nancy, flat out, he, he's just a con man. He talks a really big game. He, he has all these dating app profiles. He, he's a pathological liar. And what he's really good at is being a chameleon. He can be anything to anyone. He, he, know, he sees vulnerable women, women who are, are in a point in their life where they're looking for somebody, they're looking for companionship, the type of woman that goes to work and takes care of kids and has very little time. And he just feeds them fantasies. And one thing, Nancy, that, that I really don't have my guard up over is fast friendships. And that's what he was good at. He'd start throwing around the love word after two to three weeks. So the you know, long story short is this guy is a shameless pathological con man. You know, when you first look at him, he, he's not, let me just say, um, a classic handsome guy, okay? And that's a euphemism. At first blush, Richard Scott Smith, a.k.a. Scott, a.k.a. Rick, a.k.a. Mickey, does not look like a playboy. He preys on single, middle-aged suburban moms using multiple aliases, aliases charms with, with flattery, gifts, talk of the future before leading them to financial 
ruin. And he hinges this on his success to become whatever somebody else wants him to be. He is, as Ray Caputo just said, a chameleon. I mean, what is the word for that? Dr. Bethany Marshall, have you ever seen, um, I'm thinking of one particular star. And in her first marriage, she did everything that husband wanted to do. Then in the second marriage, I noticed she completely started dressing from an L.A. California look to a grunge New York look. All right. Now she's back to the L.A. look. What is it when you change everything about yourself based on who you're with at the moment? Well, I think that different people do it for different reasons. This love fraudster did it so that he could, as I said earlier, groom his victims, seduce them, make them feel that he was just like them. Nancy, what he did was he he presented himself as probably superior to everybody else in the world. I understand you better. I can help you better. I can love you better than anyone else. But at the same time, as vulnerable and somebody who really needed financial help. Like I said earlier, I have money, but it's not, not here. It's somewhere else. Just like the guest who said Hold on, that. Bethany, I got a question for you. Just this weekend, uh, some friends of ours were describing the wife's girlfriend. And they said, beautiful, smart, got a PhD. She's bringing home all the money in the family. When she was dating... Oh, yeah, I think she had been the wife's roommate at one time. She'd have guys lined up around the block to go out with her. But who did she pick? The jackass who belittles her, uh, talks down to her, acts like her contributions are nothing, even though she's bringing in all the money in the family, and has always been an arrogant SOB with a superiority complex. Why fall for him? You know, that's something I okay, love Nancy. about David. Oh. He is like a, a business, in my mind, he's a business genius. But he is so down to earth. He can get along with everybody in my rural community where I grew up to CEOs and people that sit on all sorts of important boards to professors. I mean, he's so humble and unassuming. He would never be arrogant or talk down to other people. Why do women fall for arrogant SOBs? Nancy, I probably shouldn't say this on air, but I have two female patients in my practice who are top pop, female pop stars, household names all over the world. You would know who they are. Both of them are supporting their deadbeat boyfriends and have been doing it over for over 10 I'm years. I'm not even going to say Jackie's and, over here shaking her head yes, and I'm not even going to go into that can of worms. I had to do an intervention with one of them. She had no idea where her boyfriend was during the day, what he did for a living, how he spent his time, but she paid for everything. And I made them sit down with a CPA and go over all of her finances and all of his he told her he was making millions of dollars a year. She believed it. And he was making $8,000 a month, which is still a lot of money, but he was spending it all on himself, taking her credit cards, using them to fly his family members around the world. I mean, my head was spinning. The very next week, met with the other pop star. Her boyfriend was doing the exact same thing. And, and what both of these women did 
is they told themselves that they had a special and unique relationship with the guy. They told themselves, all of these men said, I am working so hard to help you in your career that you owe me. That's another part of this manipulation. So the men would start to feel that because these female pop stars were so wealthy and so successful, the man would tell himself, I'm responsible for your success. And then the woman then starts to believe it, just like the guest earlier, who he love fraudster promised to make her, you know, the CEO of a company. I'm going to prop you up and now you owe me everything. That is a very core dynamic. They also separate their victims from the rest of the world. Neither of these pop stars have friends. They are beloved by the world, but they have no individual friends. They're completely under their boyfriend's spell and control. And in both cases, I brought in CPAs and professionals, and I made the woman look at what was happening on paper, and it broke the denial in both cases. You know, to you, Joseph Scott Morgan, you're the forensic expert to, I, I know you often are analyzing blood evidence and other forensics like fingerprints and hair fiber, but there's such a thing as forensic accounting. Those are hard numbers to look at when you're a woman and you think you're in love with a bum. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Nancy. You know what's really cool? I'm so glad that you brought up the uh, this idea of blood because you know what? Sometimes blood can be washed away. But when you talk about keystrokes, you talk about entries in balance sheets, when you follow an electronic trail, and I have a lot of friends that are actually forensic accountants, when you follow that trail, many times that's more solid than anything that will recover, like in physical evidence at a crime scene relative to trace evidence and those sorts of things. We're talking about numbers. And then you place him in all of these different locales with all of these poor women along this path that he's kind of wrought of destruction. And it paints this horrible, horrible hellscape, you know, that he's drugged these women through for all of these years. And what's so compelling about this, and you're an attorney, I know that you know this, can you imagine having this guy like in federal court, state by state by state by state, of all of the chaos that he's wrought, the people that he's robbed? Because, Nancy, this this is literally theft. This is a robbery. He's not just well, you know, taking not just a robbery, bigamy as well. Married up to eight women, and nobody knew uh, what was going on in other jurisdictions. Crime stories with Nancy Grace. We are talking about a guy who's called the love fraud. How many women has he bankrupted on his search for love, or as I call it, search for money? Joining us is Lisa. She does not want her last name used, but she's the one that started the website, scottthecrooksmith.weebly.com. So, Lisa... What's your story with Richard Scott Smith? I met him online through an online dating site. And we, I felt like we had a great connection. It just seemed like, you know, he, he seemed to say all the right things. Um, he did move pretty fast. Um, within a few months, we ended up married. And um, his method of operation is to... I didn't really have any money, and he knew that. So it was it was more after my credit than he was any kind of money because I didn't have any. 
Um, so what he originally tried to do was um, get me to buy an expensive vehicle. And we also put um, in for a lease purchase for a very expensive home, like almost a million dollars. Um, he had told me he had a trust fund that would pay for the house, pay the house off within like two years. I started catching him in some lies, and luckily I was able to get out before any of this happened, any of anything ever went through with the house. I mean, you were saved by the skin on your teeth, Lisa. I mean, David and I have been talking about buying a new minivan for about five years, and we finally broke down and did it when the repair on the old one was going to be about $4,000. Long story short, if David Lynch walked in and told me he wanted to buy a luxury car like a BMW or a Mercedes, I think he had lost his mind, totally lost his mind to go that much in hawk for a car. Guys, we were talking about a, someone known as the, quote, love fraud, so much so that Showtime has created a brand new docuseries on this guy, Love Fraud. With me right now, Lisa, after you got out of the relationship. You started this website, scottthecrooksmith.weebly.com. Why? As soon as I left, I contacted a woman who I knew he did not like. It was his ex. I found her on Facebook, and I contacted her. And she told me everything. She told me the truth about everything. He had been married. I was like the eighth wife, I think. She told me that he did not have any money. You know, everything that he had told me, his whole entire life was a lie. Plus, he had made a lot of promises to my children that he he just kind of like they were affected by all of his lies. And that's what really motivated me, to be honest with you. I just really wanted to expose him and also warn other women about him. So I knew that um, he had, you know, done this in the past because he'd been married so many times. So I kind of wanted to talk to the women he'd been married to before just to see, like, you know, what, what they experienced. And so when I started it, it was really quiet for the first two years. And then people just started coming out of the woodwork. Coming out of the woodwork. That's one way to describe it. You know, I, I'm curious. Earlier, Lisa, you said that you didn't have a lot of money, but the one thing you did have, aside from your children, was really good credit. Kirk Nurmi, uh, trial lawyer, why would somebody like him want a woman to get attached to their good credit reporting? Because it's just as good as money to him because he has no intention of paying it back. So it doesn't matter. It's an opportunity to acquire goods, to perpetuate whatever scam he wants to perpetuate. Maybe he takes that car and drives it over to the next woman and says, look, I'm rich and, and we need to do this this thing together in an effort to make more money it's all building upon another he said there is no long-term game it's like it's like a, fl a flip obviously with these women Wait, okay whoa, whoa. Woman you're just woman. kirk nermy you're referring to women like the hgtv show what is it flip it or flip this house flip this house so you are comparing the women to a house, what, the ugly house? We buy ugly houses where you buy the ugly house, then you fix it up and you sell it? it I'm not like making that did. comparison. I'm, I'm saying that's his mindset. 
Okay, with that, with that, with that, I agree. That's looking at it. Because I, mean, I know you do not want to get in trouble with hey. my listeners. What? Who's who's this? Is this Dr. Bethany? It's it's not a flip. It's a Ponzi scheme. I was just thinking really this sounds is. like a Ponzi scheme. But wait, because the way Kirk Nurmi was describing it, and he's right, he was after this one woman, uh, Lisa, because he wanted her good credit. And he could sign on to her good credit and get loans, cars, a house, whatever he wanted based on her good credit rating, right? Like, you know, when, when people and graduate then, from college yeah. or whenever they need their parent to sign the house loan with them because they don't have any credit. Is, is that right, Joe Scott Morgan? Yeah, because at that point in time, he can adopt that credit as his own de facto uh, because, uh, you know, just like Kurt said, they have no intention. He has no intention of paying any of this back. He's going to hold on to it like grim death until, of course, he passes it off on them and they're left in ruins. Of course, this can all be traced back to him at time yeah. after time after time. And Bethany, I've heard of marrying for money, but I've never heard of marrying to get your partner's good credit rating. <laughs> well, again, like a Ponzi scheme, let's say he takes uh, all these loans out they come due, he still wants something from the woman he's with. He mm -hmm. has to find another woman to get money from them to pay back the old loan. So that's how it's a Ponzi scheme. Nancy, there's a predictable pattern with this guy. He moves in fast and he lays an emotional foundation. He gets the woman to attach to him. Then he begins to weave a tale about finances. I'm going to pay, I'm going to pay your house off. I'm going to make you the CEO of a company. He uses logic and persuasion to and expensive the gifts that he probably bought on his other wife's credit card. And it lures the woman into a false sense of complacency and trust because if he's giving her a Tiffany's bracelet, he's got to have some money somewhere. Little does she know. Hey, to, to Lisa, little does she know it's money from another wife or the other wife's good credit. I mean, this guy is married to multiple women, one being you. How did he get away with that? Well, um, that's a good question. I tried to talk to the police about this, and nobody seemed interested. Um, it's, uh, I guess it's not a real high priority for them. After he got married to the lady that he married, the, the third wife after me, there was a prosecutor that was trying to go after him to nail him for some different things. And um, he, there was a, I think that they were, they were going to start investigating him for polygamy. But then next thing you know, somebody called me and said that he was divorcing me in absentia from Missouri. So he actually, you know, quickly filed for divorce from me. Like he was able to do that without, you know, knowing my location. So I think that, you know, he was kind of like felt the walls closing in on him where that was concerned. But um, I found out after that that he was still married to another woman that he had married before me. So he was technically still married to two women after he divorced me. Let me back up. I'm sorry. He divorced, the woman he married in Las Vegas got an annulment. So I guess he wasn't I'm trying to think of the timeline. <laughs> it's hard to remember. I think actually when she got an annulment first and then he divorced me. So when he divorced me, then there was only just the one wife. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. 
Guys, he's called a love fraud, and he is the focus of a Showtime docu-series called The Love Fraud. His real name, Richard Scott Smith. And we're talking to Lisa, who was married to this guy. At the time she was married to him, she found out he's married to three women at the same time. But there have been up to eight. He wormed out of that by getting annulment for one, filing for a divorce from her, in absentia, leaving him for the moment, we think, just married to one wife. His plan, it's not uh, till death do his part. It's till you find out about my fraud and you find out your bank account's empty, your credit is destroyed, and your home is being foreclosed on. That's what this guy is all about. Uh, to Lisa, who created the website, scottthecrookedsmith.weebly.com. So in your mind, you went from meeting Thurston Howell III <laughs> of Gilligan's Island to the devil. Yes, um, exactly. And, uh, you know, when I first met him, I had a job, a house, and a car. But when he was through with me, I didn't have any of those things. I was working at the time. I was working, like, some temp assignments. And he told me that he wanted me to quit my job, that I didn't need to work because he made enough money. But he was making good money legitimately at the time that we were together. But it wasn't millions of dollars a year like he wanted everybody to think. It was, it was really good money, but not to that extent. He worked for a mortgage company that was based out of Huntsville. And he did recruiting, which meant that he would try to recruit other mortgage brokerages to sign over to the his brokerage to take you know his brokerage fr to buy a franchise of his brokerage so i'm wondering if that may have been a way that he finds his targets through the banking business i mean he can look right at bank accounts i i, I would assume you know another thing i'm hearing uh kirk nurmi defense attorney joining me out of california kirk we're hearing that Bigamy or polygamy, as Lisa said, is not prosecuted that much. Why is that a low priority? Yeah, it's. I guess it's one of those unique crimes that maybe just doesn't draw that much attention. Um, you know, it's hard to say why prosecutors don't follow up on this. Maybe it's difficult. Maybe it's across state lines. Maybe some of them see it as a federal issue. But in this case, you're right. Certainly, charges of this ilk should be brought in whatever states as possible, so this man can wind up behind bars. Uh, one of his victims, Tracy, gave this guy access to her money. They bought a house. They were planning to invest in a retirement condo on the beach in Florida. He, going by the name of Richard at that time, said he was expecting a multi-million dollar payout for a medical malpractice suit. Everything they did together revolved around the date, November 7, because that's when the money was supposed to come in. And he would always say, November 7, I'm getting the check. We'll be millionaires that day. But it all fell in when Tracy's daughter got into his car, discovered pill bottles, papers addressed to a lot of different people with different names. At first, they thought he was a drug addict, but... By the time she got to her bank account, she found out it wasn't drugs. He was bleeding her dry. How many women have fallen victim to this one guy? 
He was not prosecuted at that time for bigamy. So let me ask you this, Lisa. Do you know if he is with a woman right now? I actually got uh, about a month ago who said that her sister was engaged to him and living in a house with him. And uh, she, the sister who contacted me had found the blog, and then she saw the trailer for the documentary, and she was, like, freaking out. And I just told her to get her sister out of there, tell her she's going to have to cut her losses financially and just leave, you know. And that's yeah. what she did. Yeah. So but- he's still – he's not – this hasn't slowed him down as far as – I mean, it ha- I'm sure it's caused issues for him finding new victims, but – He is still out there, and what he's done since the blog started, what he would do is he would try to control these women and prevent them from Googling his name because some of the women didn't know about the blog. Um, I guess they didn't go online or anything, and I think a couple of people, he said something about, you know, this is all slanderous, it's not true. He always has an answer for what he's done, and he's always the victim. (laughs) Do you remember that movie, Dr. Bethany Marshall, psychoanalyst joining me out of L.A., The Liar? No matter what you threw at The Liar, The Liar had a lie for you, and it was always believable. Even my children can tell when I'm lying. (laughs) What I tell my female patients when they call me up all excited about somebody they've just met and it sounds too good to be true, if if it sounds too good to be true, run the other way. I had a lady call me yesterday. She just met a guy. They talked for 20 hours on the phone. She hadn't even gone on a date yet. He, she said that he said that he owns a yacht. He used to work for the CIA. He worked in the White House. And she sent me a link. And when I tried to link to Google him, the link was broken. It was dead. So there was no proof of it. So, yes, lies. They're like a chameleon. But they always weave a story that's too good to be true. I have a multi-million dollar settlement coming in. I'm... I don't know. I'm a, a king in another country. They self-aggrandize. And also I tell my female patients, there's no such thing as a free lunch. This guy's not doing it for you because he wants to do you a favor. He's not saying he's going to pay your mortgage off because he loves you so much. He's trying to get something out of it. All of us need to get some reward from all of our behaviors. And if you're dating somebody who says they're going to give you the world, you know, give you the moon, but you can't really figure out what's in it for them, that's very suspicious. You know, what happened to plain old marrying for love? You know, back to you, Lisa. You were talking about a woman who is now with him. You think, do you believe that his actions have actually escalated since you guys parted? Yes, absolutely. It's escalated even since I was with him. I think it's escalated in the sense that, you know, he assaulted someone, number one. And then also he was, I know after he split up from one of the ladies, he actually took out a loan and forged her name. And, you know, he was doing things like that. Like his criminal activity was escalating because when I up from him I did a background check on him and he did not have a criminal record at all so his criminal activity escalated to where you know he first got arrested when he was charged with the assault and then and then he you know he went on probation and then he's gotten arrested for a few other things I believe since then so yeah I, I think it's definitely escalated you know to you just got Morgan I remember the first case I had that was a handwriting comparison it was a bank robbery it was a bank robbery note once you do it a couple of times 
It's easy to tell a forgery, Joe Scott. Yeah, it is, Nancy, particularly with people that are not very well practiced at it. And when I say practiced at it, if you have a target, say, for instance, one of these women, he would have to be with them for like a protracted period of time and practice their writing over and over. What strikes me is that he's gone through these women so quickly, there's no way he could be necessarily as proficient at it as somebody that was a professional uh, Well, unless he's tracing it. If he got their signature on something, he could trace it. You know, I want to go right. to yep. Lisa. Uh, you created this website, scottthecrookedsmith.weebly.com. What is your hope for this documentary on Showtime? My hope or my goal is to, you know, expose them on a wider scale. Obviously, the documentary is going to – I totally expect – fully expect more women to come forward, mm -hmm. you know, now that the documentary has come out and that's getting a little bit more attention. I want other women to be warned about him. Maybe they can prevent themselves being, from being victimized by him. You know, we're hoping since he's on probation that if he screws up, then he'll go to jail. I mean, we all want to see him go to prison, to be honest with you. But there just hasn't been any charges that have merited that kind of sentence for him. He's done 30 days in jail here, 30 days in jail there, but that's about the extent of it. So we really want him stopped, like however that looks. Probably prison is the only thing that is going to stop him because obviously he's still going on and seeing other women and pulling them in. And also the fact that he goes from jurisdiction to jurisdiction, it's hard for the jurisdictions to coordinate an effort to catch him. Richard Scott Smith, the subject of a brand new docuseries. It's not just fiction. It's real. You don't believe me? Ask Lisa. Nancy Grace, Crime Story, signing off. Goodbye, friend.